Hello, this is the Good Gym Guide podcast. My name's Guy Lockhead. I'm a personal trainer and weightlifting coach working in Bristol. I believe most gyms are designed to serve their owners, not their users, and that the current dominant fitness culture excludes huge numbers of people. In 2016, I started the first cooperatively run gym in the UK, Bristol Cooperative Gym, to try to offer an alternative to this. In this podcast, I'm going to talk to other people working on the fringes of the fitness industry to critique the mainstream gym model from various perspectives, hear about their work and explore their dream training environment. This episode is with Devaki, the founder of Curvy Girl Yoga. In her classes, Devaki creates a dedicated celebratory space for women size 16 or more to practice yoga in. She describes how she builds this environment with openness and humour, nurturing the relationships between those who've been attending for a while and welcoming any newcomers into that culture. In the second part of our interview, she describes her ideal training space, taking influence from Vastu Shastra, a traditional Hindu system of architecture, and Scandinavian design principles. She talks about the relationship between the outside and inside, both in terms of buildings, softening the boundaries between indoors and outdoors, and bodies, in making sure we attend to both our physical and mental health. I'll be back at the end to reflect on the episode and tell you how you can train with Devaki and find out more about her work. Until then, enjoy. To all intents and purposes, the yoga that we practice looks like any other yoga class. Yes, we maybe use more props, we maybe use more accessories, but to all intents and purposes, as I say, it's a regular yoga class. What makes it different is what the women get out of it. So it's not only a safe space for them to feel comfortable in their bodies, because a lot of the comments that I got was about people not feeling comfortable in a in a non-curvy class um, because they felt very self-conscious, they were very concerned about what other people might think of them and indeed what people have had overtly said to them, you know, why, what are you doing here kind of thing. Um, so, you know, on that level, uh, practising the yoga, it's, it's providing the safe space, but it's also turned into a safe space where women can share so they can share and talk about their experiences, how it is being a big person in society um, and the stigma that is attached to it and um, the self-consciousness around taking up space and, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Nothing is off the agenda, but we never talk about diet and we never talk about weight loss. Not because I've specifically said I don't want to talk about that. It just never comes up. It just never comes up. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not relevant. Because if the women did want to lose weight, there's plenty of other organisations that they can go to. There's, you know, there's plenty of information out there. Mine's just about, well, let's just practice yoga. The Curvy Girl yoga classes are held in yoga studios and in private halls that I hire. So they're kind of private, separate spaces within themselves. So hopefully that feels safe even before they've stepped into the room, that they're not kind of like, oh my God, who's seeing me going in here? I don't teach Curvy Girl classes in, um, 
in gyms. I teach them in sort of private spaces. But I do teach non-curvy classes in gyms. In fact, all of my non-curvy classes are in gyms. I find them very industrial. They need the space, apparently. Apparently that's important, that it's a huge space. But I suppose that's about numbers. I find them very loud... And in that way, I, I kind of find them quite aggressive as well. You know, the, the, the sort of music that's played is to get the energy right up here. And what I find really, really bizarre about that is, you know, in the 21st century, we live at high energy. We live at high speed. And, you know, there's always talk about people being highly stressed and, and the impact that that has physiologically on the body. And then you go into a gym and it sends it through the roof. It's very weird. Even if you're training, as opposed to, say, you know, doing a, a yoga practice, you still need focus. You still need to be in that internal environment to keep yourself safe, but also to focus on your body. So, you know, if you're on a treadmill and watching a film, you're not concentrating on the running or the walking that you're doing you're concentrating on the film so your head is completely elsewhere so you're going to get less out of those five minutes on the treadmill than if you really really focused so it's a very distracting environment it's very sweaty and smelly as well and it's very male it's very testosterone fueled very functional. My sort of experience is that there's nothing very sort of aesthetically pleasing about the environment. You go in, you know, you pump iron and you leave. So they're not welcoming and they're quite intimidating, particularly as a woman. They're quite intimidating. On a very particular level, I always make sure that I know everybody by name and I will stand up and greet particularly a newbie when they come in and thank them for coming, introduce them to everybody else in the class so that immediately they're not kind of at the back. Um, and also, you know, as conversation starts, as people arrive, I kind of like make sure that everybody is included in the conversation so that you sort of feel part of the group. But I don't necessarily say anything about, you know, this is what Curvy Girl is all about and this is what I'm trying to create. Because hopefully, by energetically creating the space and just by being me and, and sharing yoga with them, they kind of experience it anyway. Some wonderful feedback that I got recently was it's a very non-competitive environment. It's about them working to their own ability. Like any yoga class, it's about them working to their own ability within their own body. I definitely talk a lot about, um, you know, setting yourself up. So, you know, if you start by saying, well, I can't do that, well, you won't be able to. But if you say, I'll give it a go, you've left yourself open and who knows what might happen. So it's the same with the vocabulary that we use as, as facilitators. Oh, if you don't, do you mind if we do this? You've, you've given the opportunity for someone to go, well, maybe I don't have to. Give it a go. Uh, the whole class, you know, people come and they've never done yoga before and they're really kind of like, oh, my goodness. 
and, you know, really quite timid and shy and they come in and then by the end they're kind of like, oh, my God, I never realised how much I could do. Excellent. Great. What's really, really interesting is not many people talk about curvy girl yoga. It's got a fight club kind of thing to it. For a lot of women, they don't talk about it because they are fearful of what the response will be. Well, you practice yoga. What you? Can you? Kind of thing. You can talk about it if you want, but you don't have to. This, is, this can be something exclusively for you. The word exclusivity doesn't sort of sit particularly comfortably with me. And I, I've kind of like thought a lot about people that I might be excluding. But for me, while there's a stigma around size, to create that safe space is important. And my hope is that the women who come build their confidence in their practice that they can join a non-curvy class. So it's almost like I'm doing myself out of work, but that that to me would be the ultimate. Thanks very much. I'm just going to a non-curvy class now. That would be amazing. At this point, having introduced Curvy Girl Yoga and the rest of Devaki's practice and spoken about her experience of teaching in mainstream gyms, we started imagining an alternative. So I wouldn't call it a gym. I'd like to call it something like a well-being centre. And I'd like it to be a celebration of the human body. So it would be a place that people want to come to, people that where people want to work out, whatever that workout looks like, rather than it being something to endure. I've got to do this. And I, I suppose, you know, because I come from, from being a yoga teacher, I'd, I should want it to be sort of an integrated, holistic approach um, to well-being. For me, I thought quite a lot about not just the physical level, but the sort of emotional, mental health, well-being. So by setting it in something like a parkland, where you're surrounded by nature and, you know, we know the impact that nature has on us, so I like the idea of it being in an urban parkland. And maybe with water. A lake or a river or something like that, but, but definitely water somewhere outside. I'd like it to be a straw bale building and as eco-friendly as possible, as sustainable as possible. You know, solar panels, recycling rainwater. And I also like the idea of sort of using as many natural materials and recycled materials as possible. I'm very into wood. and I love buildings that are made of wood. Wood has a very specific energy, a very different energy to brick and certainly a very different energy to cement and concrete. Uh, really like sort of Scandinavian kind of like buildings, both for the actual sort of structure and, and for their sort of interior design. And I also like that Scandinavian sort of philosophy of, of um, the outdoors and nature. 
sort of being part of our lives rather than that sort of separation and two distinct things that we have more um, in, in sort of Britain and America. So that kind of like ties in with, with the sort of building materials and, and the actual structure, but then also the actual use of the outside space. So, so we wouldn't necessarily exclusively just train inside. Lots of picture windows um, and louvre doors so that you can bring the outside in, depending on the weather. And obviously views over the park and, and over the water. And I also like the idea of a garden that, you know, could be maintained by clients that come because again it's that connection with nature um the physical aspect of gardening is very very healthy and i love the idea of of you know the fruit vegetables the herbs supplying the on-site cafe and so that kind of like ties into the holistic nature of it that you don't just train and leave that there's also a cafe which makes it more of a community more of a social sort of environment but that also that the food and the things that you put into your body are just as important as what you do with your body i like the idea of of the sort of design of the building being along the lines of uh, vastu Vastu's um, the Ayurvedic Feng Shui. So Ayurveda being the sister science um, to, to yoga and it's kind of like a holistic approach to, to living, um, which isn't just about us, but the environment that, that we kind of like live in. So wanting to create a sort of a calm, serene, tranquil environment I'd like um, therapists on site as well, so therapy rooms, so massage, physiotherapy, a sauna. I even went so far as maybe a swimming pool, maybe a, a steam room, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's completely holistic, for, again, looking after the well-being of, of the individual. And so from there, I kind of like got talking about, right, we have this amazing environment, what are we going to do in it? So I'd, I'd kind of like want it to be as broad a spectrum to sort of training, working out as possible um, with classes, um, including dance, including dance. Um, you know, that's sort of the expressive nature of dance. Again, sort of tapping more holistically into one's well-being rather than just, I've got a great body. There'd be no machines. So yes, free weights, but I kind of feel, and again, this I suppose comes from my yoga background, we have all we need with our own body and gravity. So for the sake of argument, rather than having rowing machines, there's water out front, go and get a boat, go round round the lake. Rather than going to a spin class, they are bikes and cycle around the parkland and there'll you know be trails around the parkland that you can walk as well it just seems to me it's so bizarre that people sit in their cars to go to the gym to then go and sit on a bike the well-being center itself would be accessible by public transport by foot and by car uh, stop right outside lots of bike racks and you would certainly be discouraged from coming in your car I'd want to gather sort of like-minded people, teachers, PTs, who see the approach to health as, as holistic. 
I think there needs to be a shift from the prescriptive one-fits-all approach that, that seems to me is, is, is prevalent in the fitness industry, which spills over into sort of so much on the periphery of the, of the fitness industry. And that really whatever work is being done, be it, you know, PTing or be it a class or be it a workout, it's client-led. And I, I think, you know, we as, as, as facilitators, as, as, as teachers, can learn so much from the client. So it's like a conversation rather than a, a sort of a prescriptive, well, this is what you need to do, do it, and I'll come back and we'll then do the next thing. So we, we've got this amazing space, this beautiful space, and it's all very echo and it's all, you know, very holistic. But if you don't change the attitude, you've still got that mainstream gym. I think it's it's not just about the attitude of the people that, that actually work there, but it's about the attitude of the people who come as well. The facilitators would, would need to kind of like engender the right attitude and by that, I mean kind of like things like, you know, respect, compassion and care for the clients. And I think kind of by fostering sort of respect, it would then sort of bring in the same like-minded people. I talked a little while ago about the word exclusivity. And I think it's a real hard one to kind of make things all-inclusive, simply because of the way our society is. But I would hope that we could create a culture, a space, an energy where everyone feels welcome, irrespective of size, shape, colour, religion, cultural background. I think if that is seen within the facilitators, that, again, is a feedback loop. If you're the kind of individual that wants to pump iron, it's probably not going to be the place for you. But that's okay because I kind of like feel that this wellbeing centre can sit alongside the, the, the mainstream gyms that currently exist because then everyone's catered for. So if anything, the kind of attitude and the, the, the sort of energy of the place is almost more important than the environment because you could actually have let's call it a mainstream gym, but if you change the culture and change the attitudes, it would be a very different place. I kind of like the idea of it, it's sort of being a community where, you know, it's sharing, it's respectful, where social events can occur around that sort of genre, that ilk of, of well-being. So, you know, workshops, talks, social events so that it's sort of all inclusive and and participatory i kind of feel that this whole sort of emphasis that i'm putting on attitude maybe comes from gratitude it certainly plays a, a sort of a big role in my teaching if people didn't come to class there'd be no class so i'm always grateful and I communicate that gratitude and I just kind of thought about you know sort of starting and ending the day with the the ambassadors the facilitators call them what you will of, of sort of gratitude for the place and, and gratitude for our bodies and what we're capable of and maybe encouraging clients 
to be grateful for their bodies and what they're able to do and and that kind of like sort of you know again sort of feeds back into itself it gets very sort of political doesn't it you know because of the way the society is it gets you know it's more than just oh wouldn't this be nice and you know who knows who knows how many people who work or train in that in those environments don't like it it's just that there's nowhere else to go it's very weird it's very weird and it could be so different could be so different yeah Yeah, it's so true it is isn't it should we create it yeah we absolutely should create it when we did the interview David Key arrived with a handwritten map of all the ideas she'd had about this dream gym and I just sat there and completely blissed out as she described it that sounds good doesn't it I had a very clear mental image of the rowing boats on the lake in this parkland in the city, a sort of well-being centre where we can be supported in all of the interwoven aspects of our health. So many of the reasons for why we, with all our good intentions, don't always manage to stay active originate outside the gym. Most of us are balancing that responsibility to ourselves, our own health, with all our other responsibilities to our loved ones, our work, or any of the other complicating factors that influence how we feel in our bodies. And the idea of being mindful of that and bringing professionals working in mental health and physical health together in the same environment makes a lot of sense to me. And what could come out of that collaboration? What sort of knowledge is there in that overlap? Tebuki also made me think about the small ways we can bring that into our practice as coaches with uh, movement instruction based around gratitude and celebration rather than punishment, shame or guilt. And of course, there's a lot to unpick there socially in order to allow that. But through the existence of projects like Curvy Girl Yoga, we can see that it's not impossible. I'll put links to Devaki's curvy and non-curvy classes on the episode's page at www.thegoodgymguide.co.uk as well as more information about any of the things she mentioned. So thanks so much again to Devaki, um, to Yaz Clark for production support and to Steph Weiss for graphic design. Next time we'll hear from Dave Sully who started the first LGBTQ fitness classes in Bristol. We'll find out what he's learned about coaching in the time since starting that and how he uses physical activity as a tool for improving health and reducing isolation in the city. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend about it and of course do the usual stuff of subscribing, leaving a review if you fancy. It'll just let more people find it and help us to expand this conversation and maybe make some of these ideas become real.